Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And welcome to Spooktober. It's here. <laughs> yeah. The party is here at last. <laughs> we are stoked to start off um, Spooktober with one of our favorite authors, especially in the spooky department. We're going to be going into Twisted. The Savage Alpha Shifter Romance by Dee Dee Prince. We did this book. Well, we didn't do this book. We did the first book in the series for last October. And we just thought it was definitely uh, something we should continue. And we should note that the third book is also out now. That's wicked. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Have you read that one yet? I haven't yet. I had two arcs drop. I had Wicked by Dee Dee Prince and Sweet Intensity by Zoe Blake. And I am stuck in a, <laughs> oh my God, what do I do? Which do I pick? Which one's first? So. This is how I know you and I are like kindred spirits because I literally <laughs> just made a TikTok about that in that exact scenario. Because <laughs> I, I got both both arcs too and i was like what the hell do i do how do i pick it's like picking one of my children yeah. you know i i was just like i i don't i don't know how i'm going to do this i don't know we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to pick one to <laughs> go with it i think that because i have just read a twisted book, yeah i think that i am going to go into sweet intensity and then come back to Didi. Oh, interesting. See, I think I'm going to go the opposite route. Oh. I think since I just read Twisted, I should continue the story and read Wicked and then go to my Russian Mafia. Especially because I have a little bit of, a, um, how do I, what's the word? I have a little bit of a sneak peek to Sweet Intensity since I helped her with some of the Russian. Uh-huh. So, oh my God, guys. Speaking of helping Zoe with Russian, I made my cousin blush so hard <laughs> because she asked me. Was this before or after you asked her to translate sweet cunt? Uh, after. <laughs> after. Um, I, But I helped Zoe with cleaning up all the Russian in the whole series. So she, mm -hmm. because especially the, the earlier books, I wasn't a part of her Russian um, translation department. 
I am the Russian translation department, so <laughs> I'm acting like there's a whole team. Um, it's me and my cousin who I voluntold that she has to help me because, again, I don't know a lot of the words like cunt and pussy and blowjob and whatever. Like, I just don't know how to say those things because I was a literal child when we moved from Georgia Republic to America. But I, I send her the these um screenshots i was like how did i was like by the way how do i say i will love spreading your legs and fucking dry your sweet pussy (laughs) and she had to really think about that one well that just rolls off the tongue don't you use that in every conversation definitely definitely i mean i me and the cats talk about it all the time. <laughs> but then she helped me and uh, and I was like and she's like, "All right, am I done yet?" I was like, "No, you're not done. I need I need more help." <laughs> and then when I finally told her that she was done, she's like, "Thank God. I'm at work and I am blushing." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I love you cuz. Thanks for the help. Really highly appreciate it. Anyway, should we talk about some more nonsense or should we talk about the book that we read for this week? I think we'll probably do both in the <laughs> in the upcoming hours. Yeah. So why don't we start with the book? Yes. We both have read it in the past. And so this was a reread, but I don't think I've reread it since the first time I read it. You have. I have. Yeah. And I forgot how long this book was. It was like 780 pages Mm -hmm. or something. I did not realize how long it was. Yeah. I think that Dee Dee did this on purpose, like you said, because it is part of a series. But I feel like you could read this book as a standalone, no problem. Oh, I think so. Because she kind of explains how, why and how everything is happening so and there's there's some repetition between the first book and the second book Mm -hmm. but i really do think that is if i'm coming into the series and i start with with mason i am going to have just as good of an understanding of what's happening as i would if i had started with tyson yeah well because these books are happening almost simultaneously yeah and I say almost because in um, Wild, Wild, thank you. We know that titles are not my strong suit. If it's not in front of me, I don't remember it. Um, in Wild, the um, Tyson, right? Tyson, Tyson met. Oh my God, Ivy, Ivy, thank you. Tyson met Ivy, and imprinted, and the whole shebang happened. And then part of that book was uh, Mason kind of interfering between Ivy and Tyson because he somehow he was he felt weird. The whole the whole kind of beginning is like he felt weird. The the moon was off, like everything was weird for him, and he thought that Ivy was his mate. Like she smelled like his, but it was wrong, and he obviously 
a big plot point was that he triggered Tyson into raping her in front of the entire pack at this party that they had. That did not go over well. No, no, it didn't. So that is one of the probably one of the most brutal scenes mm -hmm. between a couple that I have read. Yes. Yeah. And we'll we'll get to it, but when um is it how do we say is it Amy? How how do we call her? Amelia, Amy. I think either way is fine. Yeah. So when Amelia finds out about this, that's like the brutal scene. When she finds out that Tyson did this to her sister, she loses it. And she can't understand how Ivy has forgiven him for it. And at the end of this book, Mason pretty much does the same thing to Amy. And... I really liked the way that Dee Dee kind of pulled it all together and like it came full circle because Amy never even got angry for him at him for it, you know, whereas Ivy yeah. was like absolutely devastated and pissed off and she left him. Amy was like, almost like, okay, no, no worries. No biggie. And she understood. Well, what I found really interesting was at the very beginning of this one, Amy arrives at the gas station, mm -hmm. which is also the post office and a few other things. Yeah. And she's asking for, well, she called um, Savage Construction wanting to know if there was someone named Tyson there. Yeah. Mason answered the phone, and just from her voice, he was like, mine. Yes. He didn't even need to see her. He didn't need to sniff her. He just heard her voice, and the imprint was done. Yeah. And remember, it wasn't even like he was in a... He, like, became clear-headed. Everything made sense. Everything was right again. Like, his haziness was gone his like every everything was perfect and he knew this was it like and he had to hunt her down and he did so <laughs> and to make a long story short basically amy and ivy's great aunt won the lottery mm -hmm. and she spent a very hefty chunk of her lottery winnings by going to her fortune teller that she saw every week mm -hmm. and basically buying two happiness spells. Yeah, she bought them happily ever afters. How sweet. Which I just think is, I just thought that was so awesome. Mm -hmm. But the way that the spells ended up working was that Amy was originally supposed to be Tyson's mate. Ivy was originally supposed to be Mason's. Yeah. Because they go in birth order. Yes. And this spell flip-flopped. Mm -hmm. Because Tyson and Ivy and Mason and Amy work better as couples than they would have otherwise. Yes. Absolutely. And... 
the witches did it on purpose. So the witches played a big part in this book. Um, and they kind of like were the coven that helped with Tyson's um, pack to begin with. And they were like interconnected anyway. And so when they, they made the spell, like you said, like it, it almost, that's why Mason was feeling so weird because he should have been mated to Ivy. She was the younger sister and he was younger than, I mean, by a couple of months, I think not even, but like he was, I think it was more like, but like a day. A week. It was really, really close. Yeah, I think it was a day. I think you're right. It was very short. You're right. Um, so he should have been with Ivy because he was by default younger. But for, for some reason, the spell wanted, thought, knew that, you know, he was going to be better off with Amelia. So that's why he felt so weird. And I love that when they get together the first time, um, Tyson and Mason meet. They're like, Tyson understands because he meets Amelia and he's like, oh, I get it. Like, she smells like she could have been mine. And if I hadn't met Ivy yet, I would have probably been confused too. So I like that there was no hard feelings. He was like, oh, I totally get it. Like, all good. We are. We are good to go. And they've said multiple times, like, oh, are you good with that sister? Because I'm good with my sister. And they were like, yeah, totally. Like, I want nothing to do with your sister. And Mason was like, Dude, I totally understand. Mm -hmm. I get why you raped her in front of our pack. Yeah. Yeah. I would have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But while Mason and Amy are getting to know each other, Amy doesn't know what happened. She knows that Ivy came home and Ivy was really distressed, mm -hmm. devastated. And when she went to go to ivy's house the upstairs neighbors said that three big men came and took her away yeah but uh <laughs> but that you know she went in she saw that there was a struggle and that's when she decided to go to drowsy hollow yes and what we have to remind everybody is that at this point Amelia is engaged and her wedding is like a week away. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks away. Is it two weeks? Okay. And she has, she is going, first of all, her fiance is a real prick. Mm -hmm. His mother is not any better. And then you don't have bridezilla. You've got wedding planner Zilla. <laughs> yeah. Because she's just. Well, we find out why that is. And. Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. I'm not saying it's right, but it makes sense. It's because the the wedding planner and the fiance were boinking the whole time and they wanted to be together. But because um, Rick's grandfather got involved. <laughs> Well, Amy was his nurse yeah. while he was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And they had a bond. Yeah. And he thought that the best thing that could happen to his grandson was to marry Amy. 
So he wrote a joke will, as they say, and said, the only way you will get this money is if you marry Amy before you're 30. And we found out later in the book that Rick is having some money problems. So he needs that inheritance real bad. And it was a lot of money. It was like 30 or 40 million dollars or something. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a couple. Not, I'm not saying that a couple of million dollars isn't a lot of money, but like it was a lot of money. And so they basically conned Amy. They're like, well, you know, I think it would be best if we did it on on Rick's grandparents' anniversary mm -hmm. because it'll be the first anniversary that grandmother has without her husband. And she's thinking, okay, sure, that gives us a year. And they're like, oh, no, not a year from now in a couple of months. Yeah. And she's like, uh, okay. And then Rick pressures her into selling her condo and giving him the money to invest. Yes. While she lives at his house, he shames her into getting a new car. Yeah. Because he didn't want her driving the eight-year-old car that she had. And she's paying half the bills. He had her take off work. To plan this wedding. For, to plan the wedding. Um, not that she got to plan it anyway, because it was all what his mother wanted and the what wedding planner wanted. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she just was not going to win in that situation. No, and he even gave her the horrible uh, ring, the tacky, huge ring that happened to be cursed and he knew about the curse. He probably didn't believe in it, but it was actually cursed. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a hot scene. Okay, I'm sorry. We're gonna fast forward to like spicy scenes because we haven't talked about spice at all yet. Um, firstly, we're gonna have to say that Mason did kidnap her out of that gas station. She bear maced him. She bear maced him. And that's how she that's when she found out he was a shifter because she maced him in the eyes mm -hmm. and he did a involuntary shift. Mm -hmm. He shifted back to a naked man, mm -hmm. wiped his eyes, shifted again. And when he shifted back to human, he was still naked and she was over his shoulder. Yeah. And Sicily, who was at the gas station attendant, thought the whole thing was fucking hysterical. Yeah. She was like, have fun. Congratulations, sweetie. <laughs> it was the best. But yeah, he got her home and he's like, I need to be in you like immediately. And she's like, I'm, she put his, her hand in front of his face and she's like, stop. Like, I am engaged. And he like ripped that ring off her finger and like pinged it off somewhere. And they lost it for like the most of the book. It was lost somewhere in his bedroom. But yeah, it was so flipping hot. He well, he throw, when he tosses it behind, he's like, well, you're not anymore. And he was fucking her at the same time. Yes. Yes. He hadn't bitten her yet, but he was fucking her when he took that ring off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have a little pet peeve in this book. He didn't eat her out until like 
days into their relationship. I was wondering if it was going to happen. Yeah. Because I was like, wait. And yes, she still, she got off. Please. This man is a, a god upon, upon shifters. He's great in bed. He has the the knot that we all love and it vibrates and does things for the G-spot that we can only dream about because um, humans don't have those. So, so it's not, I'm not saying that she didn't get off and she did come multiple times. So the two for one rule did, you know, apply here. However, that man for sure just was very impatient with getting it in there. No foreplay whatsoever with this man. Just let's get to it. It's very surprising. And she took offense to it because he promised that he was going to eat her out. And then he never did it. In the shower. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. And she's like, another broken promise. However, he was a crip master. So we're going to have to give him points for that. He made amazing crepes, apparently. I can't even make a crepe. They're hard to make. They are hard to make. Yeah. I could have, I, I can't find it in my notes, but there is at one point where for the first fourth of the book, Amy is driving him crazy because she wants to see Ivy. Mm -hmm. And everybody's telling her, well, we talked to her. She's okay. Everything's fine. And she's like, I'm not going to believe it until I see her. Well, at one point, they um, they are in the middle of their bonding period when Mason gets a call that Ivy is really ill. Mm -hmm. She's running a super high fever. They don't know what's wrong with her. Um, but it's bad. And Amy, being a nurse, should go to the clinic. I mean, and her sister. And her sister. But at one point, Ivy wakes up and she goes, Amy, did you get claimed by a werewolf too? Yeah. The neck and, and And Amy goes, yeah. And did he give you a neck clip too? <laughs> yeah, she's delirious. And then I I can't find exactly. Oh, here it is. Has he done the knot thing? Ivy asks. Did he make a neck clit on you? <laughs> then she giggles. My face flames. I close my eyes so I don't have to look at anyone. God, Ivy. So then, then we get mama showing up mm. and she is all about this bought happiness yes and she says he's he's cute amy really cute they both are both well yeah you're a guy and ivy's guy cute those men are not cute i dropped my voice an octave sex on a stick with a side order of orgasms maybe but cute Mom's eyes lit up as she reached for me. So where's your neck clip? Let me see it. 
oh, don't touch it. I shrank away. She laughed with glee, getting in my space so she could get a look. I pointed to my neck. Do not touch it. Just look. Bite marks. <laughs> yeah, ma her mom, their mom was fun. And then she says, one of the best lines was, so does it really feel like a, a love button? You did not just say love button. Fine, clit. Does it feel like a clit? Oh, stop saying clit to me, mom. And I just got so tickled. Yeah. That was, I mean, their mom was a fun character. And I really enjoyed her like. Actually, I really enjoyed both moms. I, I enjoyed Mason's moms, too. Yeah. Because she was just so giddy with Mason finding his mate. She brought them, like, all this food and wine and bath soaps and all sorts of shit. And Mason's like, Mom, you know better. You are a shifter. You are not supposed to be here because we are in our mating period. Like, she's about to go into heat. Like, and she's like, I know, I know. I just wanted to meet her and make sure you guys have plenty of food because you won't be having time to cook. It's just so funny. And Amelia is, like we said, she's not for it. She thinks that this is all fucked up and she thinks that it's wrong because her aunt bought this happiness. So there's no way that it could be real. And she's been burned multiple times before. So she doesn't want to open herself up for this happiness because she thinks that it'll, you know, as soon as the spell will end or something might happen and there goes her happiness. So she's very against it. So she's threatening his mom. But she's not against it because she thinks that she won't be happy with me. Mm -hmm. She's against it solely for the purpose as the witchcraft that was used. Yes. I think that if the witchcraft had been taken out of the the issue and she had come to Drowsy Hollow, um, I think that she still would have been very happy. But she used the witchcraft as an excuse. Yeah. Another one of my favorite things about the book, her nickname for Mason. Doggo. Doggo. <laughs> yes. I loved it yeah he thought it was funny too and so did the rest of his family so that was fun and then there was the you know in the dog house and it's like hmm, pun or not yeah <laughs> and the house that he house built this and he was he's an architect and mm -hmm. the savage they have a savage construction business and he designed this all wood and glass house mm -hmm. with the there's a beautiful porch on the on the upstairs and then the balcony and then downstairs there's a whole entertaining area and one of the things that amy really comes to love is sitting with our coffee and watching the sun come up or set yeah yeah, it looks beautiful. I mean, that house was like, and it was featured in this like architecture magazine or something. And it's just beautiful. And it was like the perfect house for her. And yep, 
I love it because it's like faded mates, you know, like he built this house before he even knew her for her. And it was perfect. And like everything was exactly how she'd like it. It's the first time I have ever heard nesting and alpha together. Yeah. Because he's like, I was nesting. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I loved it. I also love how the bite mark can do multiple things. Like we know that it's a neck clit, which perfect. However, it's also a paranormal tracker because he says, now that I've made it and marked you, I can track you. I can sense emotions from you too. Oh no. How fucking cool is that? That depends on which side of the track you're on. Yes, but also I feel like <laughs> maybe it was because of the witchcraft being used, but like at the end when when they run away from them, not really, but kind of when they go to see the witches, they mm. have to track them down. So I guess, and when and the way they do it is the the um the credit card, like they bought some Starbucks <laughs> in Massachusetts, and they're like shit. Like, they're in Massachusetts. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe because of, like, where they were and, like, which country it didn't work properly. But I'm, like, I'm assuming that the tracker is a tracker. You're supposed to just be, like, my mate is north. Go that way. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, or, or like, hot, cold. Yeah, maybe. It's something I've seen in a lot of books. Dee Dee's going to have to explain it to us. How does this paranormal tracker work? Nat needs details. <laughs> But I mean, and the other one of the other scenes that I really loved was when she met Bailey and Sicily and Sky brought the homemade moonshine. The moonshine that was fun. That punch sounded absolutely fucking delightful. Yes. And I love me some good moonshine. Me too. Last last summer, the last time that I went back home, I went to visit friends. And I walk in and I greet the pets because there's two dogs and six cats, Mm -hmm. I think, in a two-bedroom condo. Madness. Mm -hmm. Sheer madness. And... My friend drags me around into the kitchen and she's got, she says, I got it ready for us. Great. What did you get ready for us? <laughs> and she says, we're going to do the redneck rainbow tour. And she had, I think it was five different types of moonshine. That's cool. And she poured shots. And then... We couldn't decide which one we liked best. So we had to try a couple of them more than once. Uh Uh-huh. I was so trashed. (laughs) I mean, I was like, the floor is slippery. (laughs) I don't, I don't think I've ever had like real moonshine because I'm from the north. So we don't really have that up here. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was younger, there was a 
a friend of mine who had house parties all the time and he had moonshine there and ugh, it was horrible. In order to enter the party, you had to take a shot of moonshine. Otherwise, they would not let you in. And again, I don't know if it was really moonshine or not. They said it was. But it tasted like slimy fire. And I will never get that taste out of my brain. It was horrible. It tasted like, I'm telling you, it tasted slimy. It tasted almost like oil, but like alcohol. And it was weird and I didn't like it. It tasted horrible. It burned. And um, I think they definitely fucked up the moonshine. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't die. Yeah. Well, my dad used to make it. Mm. And so he taught me about different flavors. But they're in the Great Smoky Mountain area um, in Sevierville, where Dollywood is, if any of y'all are familiar with that. Um, there are several distilleries that do legal moonshine. Mm. And they do them in all manner of flavors. Yeah. Um, the sweet tea moonshine. I can make myself sick on it. Yeah. Um, and the apple pie moonshine is great. The peach moonshine is good. Um, some of them you can get like strawberries and there's, there's strawberries that are soaked at the bottom of the jar. Mm. Um, so when you eat a strawberry, it's like, Ooh. yeah, fun. Mrs. Savage makes makes or made at some point i know his fa his family is like more rural you know so he they make apple pie moonshine but i don't think i've ever had it i don't know anyway enough moonshine talk anyway let's talk about having your coochie ripped over in the the good kind of way hmm? with a yeah. knot with a knot <laughs> i i wouldn't say no yeah, that would be fun. I, I know they make toys and stuff, like, with the knots and everything. Um, I have a question for you, Tori. I don't know if I've ever asked you this question before, but Mason was a big dirty talker. And Amelia was a big fan. Mm-hmm. She says, real talk, dirty talking is hotter than hot. I dated a guy while I was in nursing school that did it exceptionally well. Since then, I've dreamt of having a guy dirty talk to me again. Blake, my ex, wasn't a dirty talker. What's his face? Rick isn't either. Side note, I love that he kind of gaslights her into calling him what's his face. Um, but are you for or against dirty talk? I am for it all the way. But you, to to do it to you or do you do it? Or both. I prefer being the listener. Mm -hmm. But I I did spend over a year as a phone sex operator. Oh, have we not talked about that? We have not talked about this. Oh, <laughs> the look on your face was just priceless. This is new information. I was in law school and so I was a student who had limited ability 
limited hours to work Mm. in a very small town where there weren't very many options. So I started thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. and I did phone sex. How was it? In the evenings for, um, I guess it was a year and a half. Um, and it was, I mean, it was back when 900 numbers were still a thing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, 40 cents per minute until you talk so long and then you get 18 cents per minute. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I made good money at it. Yeah. That's fun. Why did you stop? Um, I moved back to civilization and got a real job. <laughs> you had other options. That had insurance. <laughs> but you can do it as a side gig, no? Unless you didn't enjoy it. Um, I didn't mind it. Okay. It, it introduced me to things that I was not otherwise familiar with. Yes, I'm there sure. There were times that I had to Google as I was on the phone <laughs> going, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> and I had my favorite client was a guy that he didn't want me to talk. Oh, that's sounds. And I said, okay, okay, so let me, let me check my understanding. I understand from you that you wish to pay me to sit on the phone and be quiet. He said, yeah, I just want to be financially fucked. I was like, okay, sold. That sounds great. Um, so I would make him do things like sing happy birthday mm-hmm. or clap his hands every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and he called every week. That's amazing. I need one of those people. Like, I'll just hang out and like read a book while you, while you just pay me. Yeah, I did. I did homework. I did housework. I painted my nails. I got lots of things done during his call. That sounds fun. It's okay. So you are for dirty talk. I am for dirty talk. See, that's what we get when we ask questions. <laughs> we get. <laughs> Critical information about Tori. Tori's had a fun life. <laughs> Love it. It's definitely never been boring. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I don't think I'd ever be. I don't know if I'd be able to do it because I would just giggle. You know how I am. I just, I, I would just get so red and giggle. I don't, and then unless they have a giggling fetish, I don't think I'd be very successful. Well, what you did was you had. I think I had three different characters on any given night, Mm -hmm. depending on where the um, majority of the calls were coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I might have a schoolgirl introduction. And then I might have a submissive introduction. Mm -hmm. And then I might have a naughty nurse. Nice. You know, so it, they would pick which, whichever one they wanted, mm-hmm. 
And then usually they would kind of say, okay, this is what I want. And then you go into it and it, it wasn't as sexy for me as it was for them. I'm sure. I mean, that's kind of any sort of sex work. It's work. I mean, there is, <laughs> there is nothing like some older gentleman trying to be hip and cool and hot and sexy what are you wearing? Ew. Yeah, I don't know if I mean, ugh. dude, I'm in my sweats and a t-shirt that I've not changed out of for three days, and I've got cat hair all over me, <laughs> and my hair is in a big old bun on top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a great way to make some extra cash. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if people still do it. I mean, now with all the cam girls and like porn, I don't know if that's something that is very viable. I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, I also waited tables for the pizza place in town. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't make ends meet on it. Um, and these other waitresses were just doing so much better than I was. And I couldn't figure out what they were doing to get such good tips mm -hmm. until one afternoon when I went out back to throw some trash into the dumpster and I found her giving a guy a blowjob and he paid by giving her a tip. Well, that's... and she's like, you know, it's really not so bad. I mean, they blow really fast. Oh, I have absolutely nothing against people who pay for or buy sex. Yeah. Or people who provide that service. Sure. Good on you. But I would at least need to be able to be honest with myself and with my customers about what, what was going on. I couldn't flip it off on being a pizza waitress. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm all for our sex work and actually I think we've had this conversation. I feel like it it should be legal or absolutely for everybody's sake. Um I just it, it's not for me. So I'm happy for people who can get it done and do it well. It's not for me. Um I also don't I mean, I know Mr. Savage wouldn't go for it. <laughs> I, although that's not true. It's not true. Remember the Zoe Blake episode that he was on? He would sell me for a billionaire to a billionaire for a night. That's true. For a billion dollars. He does have a price. Everybody has a price. Let's be honest. Everybody has a price. Oh, yeah. Some people's price is just much higher than others. We're all whores. I don't think it would take much for Mr. Klein. No? <laughs> he would sell you out? I think so. Bad book boyfriend. I think so. Bad, bad, bad book boyfriend. But while I was living in that little tiny town and getting more depressed by the day, I also heard the scariest thing that I have ever heard in my life. There was only one place that stayed open 24 hours. And that was the Waffle House. 
Now, I was used to, when I went through my undergrad, I always hung out at Perkins because it was a place that I could get something to drink, something to snack on, and they would let me sit there all night as long as I tipped well. Yeah. Um, so I took my stuff to study at the Waffle House thinking it would be similar. Uh-huh. Everybody looked like everybody else. And so I'm sitting there and I've ordered... I haven't gotten my food yet. And from the table behind me, loud enough that it could be heard over all of the clatter mm-hmm. that you get in a restaurant, especially a small restaurant. Well, rape is just sex you don't expect. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, check, please. Oh, yeah. And dude was totally serious. I am all for non-con, but... In in books. (laughs) In books. Wow, that's scary. It traumatized me that I haven't been back to a Waffle House since. You know, I've never been to a Waffle House, but everything I hear and see about them is not necessarily positive. They have great breakfasts. It seems like it's... Like the wild, wild west of breakfast places. <laughs> it is. That is an excellent way to put it. <laughs> well, I also live in, in, like I said, I live in the north. We don't have them up here. I think they only exist, exist in, in the southern states. We have IHOP, which is all right. IHOP's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pricier than the Waffle House. And I'm very jealous that Ohio has steak and shakes. I've never been there either. You can get like a banana chocolate milkshake Mm -hmm. and half of the cup is chocolate. The other half is the banana. Ooh. So it, their food's good too, but their shakes are, are really the selling point for me. Sounds good. We should talk more about the shakes in the book. Well, why don't you take this opportunity to tell them about Rick's visit to Mason's house? Oh, my God. Yes. Well, which which one? Because he came a couple of times and not in a good way. So we find out. As as Amelia finds out that Rick's a piece of shit, we kind of knew this along, but it comes out that he's cheating on her and all this nonsense. So he shows up because she's not picking up her phone. She's ignoring him. And he is like, well, I love you. I miss you. You need to come back. Like, obviously, at this point, we don't know that he needs to marry her because of financial reasons. But... I loved his sister, and I'm hoping that his sister possibly gets a book. Oh. Because I feel like she needs a little um, shifter, not action, because she was a sweetheart, and she's the only nice human being in that entire family, besides Grandpa, who died. So (laughs) she told Amelia that this joke will situation happened, and she told him about the ring that wasn't actually his ring. It was... Whatever. Well, he had told Amelia that he had that ring made for her. Mm-hmm. And like his 
sister or cousin or somebody did the design work. His sister did it. She, he said, because his sister's a jeweler. And so his sister calls Amy. And they start having this conversation. And things are not what they seem. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So he shows up and he's like, you're coming home with me. And Mason loses it and is like, absolutely not. He like puffs out his chest on him and it's great. But then when he, are you talking about when he comes and like tries to kidnap Amelia? Is that the time you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. So he comes back when Mason's out on a run. And this is after Amelia finds out about Tyson's whole situation with Ivy. And she's been trying to kind of bolt anyway, but she's not leaving because she loves him and so rick kidnaps her and is like dragging her into the car while mason shows up and mason loses his mind and shifts in front of rick which is a big no-no because he's an outsider you're not supposed you're supposed to keep the paranormal activity on the minimum but he like oh my god i gotta find that part hang on I, I looked. I don't have it. I didn't have it highlighted. I have it. Um, but part of the reason that Rick comes back the first time to get Amy is because Amy wants the money from her condo. No. I don't that he invested. Well, she does, but I don't think that's why he comes back. He comes back to because he needs to get her married immediately. That's when he offers her like a million dollars. He shows up with his mom and and offers her a million dollars to marry him. And she says no. And then they have a heart to heart, Mason and her, because he's like, look, I'm well off, but like, I'm not well off like that. So like, do you want to marry him and like use the money? Because I'm not going to stop you for that. And she's like, no, I don't. She's like, oh, do you want me to marry him? Because his mom threatened his business and stuff. But. He says, I couldn't give two shits if he tries to hurt my business. I'm not for sale and I'm not afraid of anybody. I don't want you marrying him. You're mine, all mine. Swoon. When my wolf bursts forward, Rick Bullock's eyes go wide. His jaw drops and I pounce, taking Amelia to the ground and cover her with my body because Rick was threatening to shoot her. Um, I'm down on all fours, covering her and baring my teeth vicious snarling at the motherfucker before stretching a front paw out and swiping the gun from his outstretched hand with my claws. It clatters to the ground and blood gushes from his hand. He lets out a howl of pain. I snarl and snap at him, covering my mate, my mate, mine. My note for that was just hot. (laughs) It's just hot. Yeah. I love it when they get all protective. How can you not? I mean, this whole book was great because he was like 100% um, all in just like any alpha shifter or like mind mate situation. Um, I really was interested in the way that the fertility came into play because Amelia was barren, uh, according to her doctor, Mm -hmm. because she had this ovulation uh, disorder and she really wanted to have kids. But she kind of one of the reasons she was going to marry Rick was because he didn't want kids. And 
She's really insecure about it. But we find out later on that the only reason that she hadn't ovulated was because she was only going to ovulate for her mate. It was such an interesting twist on all of that. And I mean, the, the, I, again, this book is long. We can't cover everything that was in it. Um, however, how fun was it when Bailey punched what's her face in the face? Oh, she told Amelia about Tyson and, and Ivy and Mason. Um, I was, I hope I, Bailey and Jace have to get together. Yeah, it has to happen. I am going to be so incredibly disappointed if they don't. Yeah. My only question would be, how does this become a dark romance? (laughs) Because she clearly wants him. Something's going to have to happen. (laughs) I'm curious to see how Dee Dee makes it. Because all of these so far, I mean, we haven't read the third one yet, but it seems like it will also be a darker book because Riley is going to be chasing down his witch who has been escaping him for seven years. Well, the poor guy thought she was dead. Yeah, she faked her death. That's a whole new level of deception. And this is this is going back to the sex. Okay, please do. I think this is the first time that I have re- ever read a book where shower sex shower sex was not all that it's supposed to be. Because Amelia says shower sharing isn't typically all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. It's cramped and you're often shivering while waiting to get under the water. Or you're worrying you're hogging the water and leaving the other person shivering. And I was like, she gets it. She doesn't address, you know, not falling on your ass while you're trying to have sex in the shower. Or the lack of lubrication because of the water. Yeah. Yeah, but she, I mean, but his shower is ample. It's the perfect shower, so they're not having any problems. And, I mean, he's an alpha. He can just growl, and she'll be like, ooh. I do love the purring. This this is a weird Omega. Would you say that it's an Omegaverse? I think we had this conversation last time. I would not call it an Omegaverse. Yeah. I would call it a shifter romance. Mm -hmm. Because they don't really... They have the alphas, and they have the super alphas, Mm -hmm. but they don't really pay much attention if you're not one of those yeah and they have betas and they have omegas but it's not like omegas are like coveted or like they're just there you know they're almost like beta light and the omegas and the alphas don't have that must have attraction Mm -hmm. yeah i would say i would say it's omega verse adjacent i'd have to say that because there's still heats and nesting and nodding and biting, claiming and mating for life. Like all that still is in there. I can see that. So, but I, I totally get it. It's not a straightforward Omegaverse. So I don't think it's an Omegaverse either, but it is adjacent to that world. I liked that there was a lot of chasing mm. in this book. Yes. 
because she's determined to get away from mm-hmm. him. And he is just as determined to not let her. No, she's his. They're all, she's all his. And, and and she likes to be caught, too. And he alludes to that as well. He's like, look, I'll yeah. chase you all you want. You seem to like it. So they they play a lot of those games. And then at the very end, when she runs away from him, it's because he she's there to... She's running to the witches for help. Because she needs a spell to make Rick forget that Mason shifted in front of him. Because that's a big right. no-no and Mason was going to be in trouble. And the only way to do it was to contact these witches who are in Massachusetts. And her and Ivy run off, which I thought was really funny. Because, because um, Ivy says something like, Oh, you're like, you're going to get me in trouble. And she's like, shut up. You like getting in trouble anyway. Or so, it, was, it was like a funny quote, something like that. <laughs> and, oh, where was it? Hang on. Because I think I made a note about it. She says, chill, Amy. I'm not afraid of him. But, I, but have you ever come so hard so many times that you thought you were going to pass out from it? It's not a pleasant sensation after a while, as we've discussed on this podcast multiple times. But yeah, it's like that's the that's the kind of punishment I'm I'm willing to get behind. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, but it, so that chasing was great, and then the very end of that well, not the very end, but like the the end where they're in Massachusetts and he can't smell her. That was my favorite mm-hmm. part because he is just panicking that she, because she, the whole time she's telling him this whole book, she's telling him, we need to find these witches. We need to get the sun done. We need to, we need to get you, you, your right mate. Like this isn't right. So he thinks that because of what happened with Ivy and then what happened with, with Rick, cause she's, he scared the crap out of her when he shifted literally on top of her that she went to find these witches and they got the spell undone. And so he like picks her up and, and carries her off to this like literal rock. It was very similar to um, Cruel Idols <laughs> where they did it on that, on the stone. Yeah. Right. Similar, yeah. But more primal and just one guy. <laughs> but yeah and and he like brutally like he was just trying to do anything to to get the connection back between them and what really happened was she was helping with a spell so to make rick forget so their connection just was fuzzy because of it and um but yeah he really like he says what the fuck did you do where is she? And if you fucking take, if you fucking taken her away from me in any way, shape, or form, I'll rip your fucking throat out. And yeah, he's, he's panicking because he says, "I can't feel you," because and, and she's like, "I can't feel you, I can't feel you, I can't feel you." And Ivy's freaking out, and Tyson's holding her back because she's trying to help her sister. It's like a whole thing, and then she's pregnant in the end. Yeah. How did you feel about the baby epilogue? could take it or leave it yeah i'm the same way i liked it here though 
because I knew that Amy really wanted to have kids, mm-hmm. that made me enjoy it more. Yeah. Because she's getting what she wanted. But I am curious to see how Tyson and Amy's relationship develops. I mean, it started with a sm- with a slap. Because mm-hmm. the first time she sees him, she says, all right, what have you done to her? Mm-hmm. What the fuck did you do? And she slaps him in the face. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if that ever gets less acrimonious. It kind of does because remember Tyson gets shot at the very end and Amy tries to to heal him. So she's like their relationship is and he even comments on it. He's like, wow, you actually tried to save me. You know, and she was like, yeah, of course I did. A, I'm a nurse like that's my job. And B. Like you're my sister's mate. I'm going to do whatever I can to help my sister, right? Yeah. But I love the baby epilogue in general because I'm all for it. I'm a very traditional reader in that way. I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, I like it, especially, like I said, I liked it in this book because of kind of the the magical layering that Dee Dee did. And I also love me a, I, I can smell your pregnancy trope. Like that, I don't know why, but I love, I love that. And Mason was like, I can smell you. I can smell you. I can, I, you smell weird, but like not in a bad way. And like, he couldn't figure it out. And he figured out that it was his baby. And then we found out that Ivy was pregnant, like literally two days later. Because everybody went into heat after that su- strawberry moon or whatever it was. Strawberry moon. Well, I liked the fact that Amy was there for Ivy's wedding. Mm-hmm. And she just gave all of the things that she had bought for her wedding with Rick to Ivy. And she's like, well, you may as well use it. Yeah. I'm not. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. But what I was going to say way back when, when we were talking about it, the reason that Rick wanted it on that specific day and the reason that he paid for the catering and the venue was because that had already been set up yes he made her pay for everything that wasn't already paid for Mm -hmm. um because this was his second engagement because he had cheated on his first lady with the same wedding planner so why he didn't just marry the wedding? Pl- oh, because she was already married. That's right. She The wedding yeah. planner was already married, which was another fun um, quote, like line in the book. Um, Tiara told Gloria that Sheila wasn't leaving her husband because he was a very rich and terminally ill man. So she too appears to be waiting for a payday. And then um, Amelia said, I wonder if I wonder what sort of price I'd have to pay the young sisters to do some sort of healing spell for Sheila's husband. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. So funny. I loved it. Uh, it was a funny book in general. Primal, dark, funny, perfect. This book reminded me of Zoe Blake's Heroes. Hmm. Because they say the 
absolute most ludicrous things. Yes. And they are totally serious. Yeah, they mean every every second of it. Absolutely. And I love the sincerity when it is so funny Mm -hmm. without the intention of being funny. Yeah. Great book. Great book. This is going to be, this is, I am sure, going to become one of my favorite series. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited to dive into the next arc. Um, speaking of which, do we have any palate cleansers, Tori? Before we before we get to the palate cleansers, I have a question for you. Okay. Are we going to wait to do wicked? Until next Spooktober. Yeah, what are we going to do next year? Of course we're going to wait. <laughs> Just checking. They can read it. It's out as of today. Um, Thursday, September 21st. Do you remember the 21st of September? That's it, done. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, palette cleansers. I've got a couple. I got my new glasses. Beautiful. I like them. Um, but M. Sinclair is one of my favorite paranormal reverse serum writers. Mm-hmm. And I read a book in the Kingdom of Wolves series called Lost by M. Sinclair. Not knowing that it was the first book in a series. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So I read the first three books and realized there was a fourth and a fifth. Well, the fifth book came out Mm -hmm. and I, it, it is found by M. Sinclair. It's the Silver Falls University. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it. It had humor and it had sex and it had shifters and gods and goddesses and creepy parents who got what's coming to them and all kinds of fun things. And I read an I read a trilogy that I really liked. Um, I'm not going to give the name of it, okay, because I don't want to hurt the author's feelings. But I don't think that a single one of her books had been proofread or edited. Oh, and it would have been a five star read for me because the story was phenomenal. Mm. But they used the wrong words. It's like maybe she had been talking into her phone or something and it was dictating and it heard the wrong word and it never got changed. Um, There were words repeated two or three times. And I understand that when you read and review a book, that you should be reviewing on the story. Not necessarily. I've gotten into arguments with people over it before because they don't think that you should 
include in a review that the story was badly edited or there were a lot of grammatical errors or whatever. Mm. Because, you know, it's not the author's fault. I feel like it. You sh- your review, when I review, you shouldn't say you, when I review a book, I review the experience, right? The whole experience of reading or listening, if I'm listening to an audiobook. And so the story is definitely a big part of it, but so is my joy in reading it. And if I'm clunking through the story and like there's different words not used properly or um, like you said, like grammatical errors or whatever, then yeah, of course it takes points away. It takes points away. Another author that I, I really enjoy the books she writes, I I even emailed her and said, hey, would you like for me to proof your books as I read mm-hmm. um, because there's there's a lot of errors. Yeah. And she was so offended. Ugh. So offended. And I was like, yo, slow your roll. Man, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to be to be kind and nice. Well, that's the difference between people, you know, people in general, right? There's people yeah. who are receptive to critical criticism and then they grow as a human and as an author and there are people who don't and they probably don't. So, yeah. You know, actually Zoe Blake's the perfect example, right? When I reached out to her, I very nicely said, hey, like, I firstly love your books. However, you have all these Russian-speaking characters and what they're saying doesn't make any sense. So I would like to help you if if that's okay. And she was so incredibly grateful and was, like, absolutely thankful. And and look at us now, you know? Like, I think everything helped. Like, the books are better for it because people who are reading them, because a lot of the reviews that I've read I kind of agreed with me. Like, the book was good, but the Russian was bad. So yeah, now everything's fixed and it sounds more professional and put together and, and it's just better. So I feel like when uh, there's definitely a a good way and a bad way to approach that and like say, hey, you know, if you're if you're saying it in a rude way, like, hey, your book sucks, <laughs> you have a bunch of errors, you know, but I'm I'm sure that's not how you went about it. So no, I started by telling by telling her how much I enjoyed her books mm-hmm. and what I thought about the characters and just the sheer, so, you know, I have reread these suckers probably four times. Yeah. Um, but this was what I noticed and I thought I would offer. Yeah. Um, I have one last palate cleanser. Oh yeah. You're full of them today. Go ahead. I am full of them today. It is just over two weeks until we will see each other. Yes. I'm so excited. Everybody who hasn't heard yet, I think it's probably too late, but you can go check out authorsaftermidnight.com and see if you can come visit and see Tori and me and a whole bunch of other authors, including Zoe Blake, uh, Drethy Annis. Drethy Annis. I don't know if Dee Dee's going to be there. I don't... I don't think I saw Dee Dee. Um, I know Atla Hensley is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Lexi C. Foss, who writes more Shifter fun books. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's a whole bunch of them. I'm, I want to say there's like between 50 and 60 authors, maybe. It's going to be huge. It's going to be exciting. I'm very excited to meet Tori 
and all of my author friends and all of you. So definitely come. Uh, the general admission tickets are only $5 and it's going to be at the Fort Mills, South Carolina, Hilton, Marriott, Marriott. <laughs> so go check, just go check out the website. Yeah, I'm really excited to meet you and meet everybody else. So now what are your palate cleansers? I just have the one. The one palate cleanser I have is more of an announcement. But if you guys haven't heard yet, I had the pleasure of appearing on the Pink Kink podcast with Ra Dara. You guys have heard Rara. I know it's like a little. You've heard Rara on our podcast come and guest host and we read a book together. Well, I brought a book to their podcast and I brought them from Russia with Blood by Vivian Murdoch, another favorite of ours, and talked about how much I love non-con and sexy vampires who do kink. And I do believe I broke Dara's brain. Oh, She wasn't expecting what I brought her. <laughs> the book or? She, yeah, she wasn't expecting the book. Um, she asked me for, and I'm, I'm segment two. So you, if you guys want to skip ahead until I, I appear, Go go right ahead. I've had some of you reach out and be like, I don't hear you yet. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not till segment two. So um, she was, she asked me for fantasy books with kink in them. And I didn't have that many fantasy. Like I had fantasy books, but they didn't have kink. Mm -hmm. And all, so I, I did paranormal because I figure vampires are fantasy like. Um, so I did paranormal with with kink and this was a very kink heavy book like i discussed on the podcast and she just couldn't get over the non-con she was like but he didn't ask him for consent and i was like yeah it's dark romance um it's like D dara did you, you you listen to the podcast like you know you know what you were you, did you know what you were asking like who you were asking on the podcast i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna represent us i'm gonna represent us the best i can absolutely you know, I don't want to do false advertising on her podcast and be like, here's a very consensual book. And then her listeners come to us and are like, what is happening? <laughs> so I had a lot of fun scandalizing her. I love scandalizing somebody who has a kink podcast. I feel accomplished. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and for anybody who's interested, we'll link it in show notes, but it is the Pink Kink podcast. And it the episode is called um, Dara's Birthday Episode 2, Part 2. Uh, so anybody who wants to go listen, I'm in Segment 2. Dara's Birthday Episode 2? Uh, part 2. Dara's Birthday Episode Part 2, I believe. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yep, that's what it's called. And like I said, I'm segment, uh, I'm the second book because there's three books that she discussed with three different people. The funniest part, and I, I will call Dara out on this, Dara, is that in the third book, there was some non-con and she didn't have any problem with it. And I was like, well, you have problems with my non-con, but not the non-con you're talking about. Very interesting, Dara. So it's okay in your book, but it's not okay in my book. It was the, the non-configging that she really had a problem with. 
<laughs> Again, well, you know, as I told everybody on that podcast, we're not condoning this behavior in real life. This is not a how to kink guide. This is a how not to kink guide. <laughs> anyway, what are we reading next week, Tori? Next week, we are going old school. Yeah. We are going to read Gregory and Savannah's book, Dark Magic by Christine Sheehan. Yes. <laughs> this is one of, this is, I think, one of the first five books. Yes. And her massive 30 plus book Carpathian series. Um, and we read Dark Prince um, last year, and Dark Magic is starring Nikhil and Raven's daughter, Savannah. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I think that out of all of the series that I have read, keep in mind I probably haven't read anything later than like 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. um, because shortly after I found Christine Sheehan, I was introduced to Anita Blake. Yes. And Anita Anita's my girl. Um, but I think this was my favorite out of the, the Christian Sheehan series. Yeah, I think Gregory is everybody's favorite. There's just something about him. He is definitely my favorite as well. And I am very excited because last, from what I remember last year when we, can you believe, first of all, it's been a freaking whole year since last Spooktober? I know. It's insane. Uh, however, I, I think that we said this on the last episode when we did uh, Dark Prince, I'm interested in how spicy this book actually going to be because we were both really underwhelmed in like, not in a bad way, but, but like just underwhelmed with the amount of spice and sex in this book. Because when we first read it, we thought it was absolutely scandalous. Well, we were so young back then too. Young and innocent. The perfect dark romance heroines back then. <laughs> Virginal, young and just pure at heart, waiting for our dark romance heroes to come sweep us away. You're looking at me like I'm wrong. No, I'm trying to think. I had a conversation. I had a whole conversation about Russian men with someone. Uh-huh. And I cannot for the life of me remember who I was talking to about it, mm -hmm. but I was explaining your Russian bathhouse TikTok. <laughs> and then we went into some of the other, how can I get kidnapped TikToks? Mm -hmm. And she didn't understand. She did not get it. It's okay. It's okay. You and I are just superior. The, the trigger tribe is just superior. Yes, we are. <laughs> I just wish I could remember who it was because I don't talk to a whole lot of people. <laughs> oh! Our podcast got recommended to Mr. Fine. Shut up. By who? 
Um, I think it was by Amazon. Oh my God, that's so funny. On his Amazon account. (laughs) And he's like, what the hell is this? (laughs) But I just randomly got a test going, your podcast was just recommended to me. And then it went, he went silent. And I'm like, you can't tell me that and just, and just stop talking. (laughs) Now this works. Yeah. Well, hopefully our podcast is recommended to more people. And if you want to help recommend our podcast to people, please don't forget to rate and review us on whichever platform you listen to us on, because that is how the algorithm works. And then eventually recommends us to Mr. Clyde. (laughs) Or you can have your one of Nat's TikToks show up on your Instagram and be spammed by Nat's Instagram, by Nat's TikTok after that. Yes, sorry about that. As we found out on the episode coming out on Monday. Yeah, you guys have already would have listened to it. That was the guest host episode for Maui's uh, Relief Fund with Lindo. Yeah. I apologize to Lindo. She commented on one of my Instagrams. <laughs> recently and I was like of course you saw this I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Lindo at least she seems to enjoy my my shenanigans enjoy your shenanigans so thank you and I enjoy your shenanigans I think that's everything I think that's everything thank you for listening everybody uh please read Dark Magic by Christine Fihon for next week and we hope you have a fantastic spooktober. I'm excited to get into more books. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please don't forget to rate and review us on whichever podcast platform you listen on. We really appreciate those five-star reviews and they help us get in front of other listeners. And if you just can't get enough of us, you can always join our Patreon, where we have extra special bonus episodes available every month. Just look up Trigger Warning Romance on Patreon. And please give us a follow on our social medias. We are at Trigger Warning Romance on TikTok and Instagram. And if you want to come join us and have some fun in the Facebook group, please join the Trigger Warning Romance Dark Romance Listener Support Group. And as you know, we are always looking forward to hearing from you. So if you have any recommendations for us or just want to come say hello, please reach out to us on any of our social medias or through our website at TriggerWarningRomance.com.